listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Kind of a couple examples of what we're going to be looking at. We're going to look at a psalm for sinners, a psalm for the fearful, a psalm for redemption, a psalm for confidence. You see it on the screen behind me. This morning we're going to talk about a psalm for the forgotten. And when I think about a psalm for the forgotten, the first thing that came to my mind as I began to study over this, there is a story, uh, a true story that came out a couple weeks ago. You probably saw it was all over my social media or anytime I turned on the news. Uh, On May 1st, there was uh, a family, a mother and her four children uh, were flying from their Amazon village to another town nearby. And as they began to fly, they were in a single, uh, like one engine small plane. As they began to fly across the Amazon jungle, the engine began to fail. And uh, very quickly, it was clear they're going to crash, right? There was no hope. So the plane crashes into the Amazon jungle, and on impact, the two pilots and the mother pass away. And as I began to read the story, uh, kind of more detailed, like really what happened, all I could begin to think of just the emotion that these four children were, were walking through. These four children were 13, 9, 4, and there was an 11-month-old. And so as they begin to kind of crawl out of this damage of this crashed plane, they begin to realize that all the adults have passed away and they're the only ones left. Right? And I think as you can just imagine, just within minutes, they began to feel forgotten. Like, what are we going to do? We are stranded in the biggest jungle in the world, and no one knows where we are. And so as kind of you continue in the story, five days passed, 10 days passed, 15 days go by. And I think just the overwhelming emotion for these four children began to sink in of like, we're going to die, right? There is no hope for us. We are completely forgotten. No one even knows we're here. We're these four little children from a small Amazon village. And continue on in the story, 40 days passed that they were in this jungle. And finally, they were found and rescued. Each of them were still alive and it's kind of a crazy to, like, to read about, like, how did they even survive that long in the jungle? That's a story for a totally different sermon about survival or something for a different time. But I share that because this is probably one of the most extreme circumstances of feeling forgotten. Right? And if these children, if they had any connection to God or a higher power, you can probably assume that they were frustrated and felt forgotten by God, too. Right? Just the emotion of going 40 days of like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to survive? And I share that because all of us at times are going to feel forgotten. We're going to feel neglected. Some of you right now, you feel forgotten in your parenting. Right? As you try to train and equip your child, you feel completely alone. Some of you feel like you are the only people in Lubbock that doesn't have community and friends and family nearby, right? That you feel like you're missing out. Some of you feel like you're the only person at work that doesn't get encouraged and recognized by your boss. 
Some of you feel forgotten by your spouse. You feel neglected in your marriage. Some of you feel forgotten by God due to like the death and the illness that your family has walked through recently. Some of you feel forgotten in your singleness. Everyone else is happily dating, married, and having kids, and you feel forgotten in the singleness. Some of you feel forgotten in the breakup that happened recently. Some of us are going to get on social media this week, and we're going to feel like we were the only people that weren't invited to a July 4th party, right? And you're going to deal with the emotion of feeling left out with that. But here's what we know to be true. That if you felt that way or you feel that way in the future, all of these things come down to a God issue, right? So if you feel forgotten in your parenting or you feel forgotten because you don't feel like you have friends, you're ultimately going to feel like you've been forgotten by God, that, that he's left you, that maybe he doesn't care about a certain area of your life. And what I want you to see this morning is that God's word speaks into this. Right? God hasn't left us behind when we feel this way. There, there's a part of Scripture that speaks directly into this issue, that when we feel forgotten, look to Psalm 13. Right? And so if you have a Bible, that's where we're going to camp out this morning, is in Psalm chapter 13. I'll give you a second to turn there. Starts in verse 1. We're going to read through the whole thing. It says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? And how long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes, otherwise I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. When you feel forgotten, according to Psalm 13, there's three kind of steps, kind of processes that you should walk through. How should you turn to God? There are going to be three points that we look at. They're going to be really simple. Like, you're going to be shocked that I came up with these on my own, right? Very simple, but I would say for all of us, very hard to live out, especially when you feel Forgotten. The first thing comes from verses 1 and 2. Read it one more time. It says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? When you feel forgotten, the first thing that we are encouraged to do by the psalm is to tell God exactly how you feel. Tell God exactly how you feel. David is the author of this psalm. He clearly feels forgotten, right? He, he says it right off the bat in verse one. And I love what David does here is he doesn't hold back, right? He is direct. He is clear. He is 
feeling his feelings out to God, right? He is telling him everything he feels. And so I want to pause there for a second because some of, some of us uh, may tend to kind of shame David, may to be like, oh, I've, I've, I'll never be like that. And so I just want to remind you, especially if you're a man in the room, to, to hear this. David, as he's writing this, he is not depicted uh, like as we first see him in Scripture when he shows up right before he fights Goliath, right? We see him as this small little scrawny boy. He probably looked a lot like me, right, in that moment, right? David, as he's writing this now, he is a warrior, right? First Samuel says that Saul killed thousands, but David killed tens of thousands, right? David was a beast. He had battled and fought out. He had killed Goliath. And so this is the guy that has once killed Goliath, and he is now crying out to God. He is moved to vulnerable, like he is sharing his emotions because of the pain that he's feeling. And so, man, I, I want to say right at the beginning, it is okay to cry out to God, right? It is okay to cry out to him. David asked God four times. He says, how long, God, is this going to go on? How long are you going to allow me to stay in this state? He says that he goes so far that he experiences the battle of the mind or anxiety in his mind every single day. He, he says that he feels like God is like hiding his face from him as his enemies destroy him, right? God doesn't seem to be anywhere near by. And so in this moment, David is angry, he is anxious, he's confused, and he tells God every part of it, right? He goes to God open and honest, saying, God, this is exactly how I feel. In the midst of his pain, David is vulnerable. And so David is teaching us here that God welcomes our emotion. God, God wants to know exactly how we feel. God himself, as we see through scripture, he's an emotional being, and he's created us as emotional beings, right? To have and to share our emotions. And so it is okay and biblical to tell God how you feel, that you don't have to sugarcoat it. And I, and I, I share all of that because I think for years, there's been this kind of mindset in the church that you can't do that. And I don't know where that's come from. I, I don't know if that's, if that's this, the sin of like, hey, we, we've got everything under control. We, we're going to push all of our feelings away and fight those things, right? Especially as Baptists, you can't be too crazy, right? That's not biblical at all, right? You, we need to go to God with how we feel and to tell him what is going on. And so if you can't be honest with God, who can you be honest with, right? If you can't go to him and to be open, to, to share with him the emotion that you're feeling, who can you be honest with? Our relationship with God should be the most open, honest, the most freeing relationship we have in any other relationship in the world. And if you don't have that, then you're missing a piece of it. You're missing out on a deeper relationship with God. And so there's going to be moments where you feel just like David did in verses 1 through 2, where you feel like God is distant, where you're in pain, that you can't feel him. And David is encouraging us. David is really modeling for us 
You don't run from him, you run to him, right? Go towards him, cry out to him. Responding how David does here does not make you a weak Christian. I would say it makes you a Christian, right? That you say, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I had a conversation uh, years ago with, with a guy. Uh, we sat down kind of for a meeting. And as we began to talk, um, just kind of asking him questions about his life. Hey, how are things going here? How's that going? And I watched this guy just become just, I mean, he was just a wreck. He was overcome with emotion. He, he shared with me uh, just about the pain of his parents' divorce and how as he was growing up, he went from one home to another, back and forth. And from that, he felt a lot of pressure from his parents to be perfect. And because of his upbringing, that really led him to pursue a lot of things that were not of the Lord. Right? And so he shared that, hey, I ran to alcohol. I ran to a relationship with women. All of that to try to numb the pain that he was feeling. And it was like in that conversation for the first time in his life, he began to like share the weight that he had been carrying. Like he, he had been trying to hide those things, deal with all of them on his own. And I, I watched this guy like visibly shake, overcome with tears because of the first time he's like, this is what I've been carrying. This, this is what I've been walking with. And I share that story kind of for two reasons. One is reality is that is how so many of us respond to our emotions. Our natural tendency is to try to cope with them, to fight them, to push them away. We don't want anyone to know, oh, how you doing? I'm doing great. No, nothing's going on. Everything's perfect in my world. This is our natural response, and that's not what God wants for us. God does not want us to carry the weight of our emotions and our feelings every single day and act like we can't release those to him, to cast our cares to him. The second thing, I, the reason I would share that is that if you don't cry out to God, you're gonna cry out to someone or something else. Right, like here's the reality. If you don't run to God to find comfort, you're gonna run to something else. And so some of you, this is your story right now. This was my story for years, right? That just the pain and different things I was walking to, I, I ran to other things other than God. And so some of you right now, you're, you're running to pornography. You're running to alcohol. You're running to a relationship. You're running to social media just to numb the pain. And, and you're trying to fill a void that only God can fill. You're, you're running to other things other than him. And David is modeling for us. He feels completely forgotten by God, right? He's accusing God. It's like, where are you? What is going on? And what David does here is he runs to God. He doesn't run away as so often as our, as our natural tendency is to run from him. David says, hey, when you feel this way, you run to him. You pursue him with everything you have. So when we feel forgotten, we cry out to God and tell him exactly how you feel. We're going to move on. Look at verse 3. So no matter what translation you have, you're going to see uh, maybe you call it a, a paragraph break, a pause in the reading from verses 2 to 3. Y'all see this? 
Y'all see the shift that's there, the pause? This is intentional. There's a reason that there's a line break here. Scholars believe that, that David is on a process of just kind of feeling his emotion. He's, he's moving to a better state, as we're going to see in a minute. There's going to be another pause. But he is on a process of feeling his emotions. Verse 3 says, Consider me and answer me, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes. Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. Second thing that we see is that when you feel forgotten, tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. David, in this moment, he tells God that he needs him to consider him or to, in other words, look at me. Right? Look at me, God. Would you stop hiding your face? Would you see the pain that I am walking through? I think about a child that's hurting, right? And they're begging for the attention of their parent. And they're calling out to their dad, 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 would you look at me? Like turn off the TV, put down your phone. Would you see that I am in pain, that I am hurting? This is what David is doing here with God. He's saying, father, would you look at me? Right? Would you see the pain and the agony that I am in? And then he asked God to answer his prayers and to restore him. And so when he says, restore brightness to my eyes, he's asking God for a divine wisdom or understanding. In other words, he's saying like, give me the right perspective. David, like in this moment, he understands like, what I'm feeling is not reality. Like the, the emotion here, not all of this is true. Everything that I'm saying in my mind. And so God, would you give me the right perspective? Would you give me the right understanding to see what only you see? He, he feels so strongly about this. He says, God, if you don't restore my vision, if you don't help me see what you see, I might as well die. He says that the pain is too overwhelming. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. God, would you give me the right perspective? Really what, what David is asking here is the difference between a pixel and a picture, right? And so I want to show you a photo. This is taken from my phone. It's very high quality. We're going to call this the pixel, okay? This is a really, really zoomed in picture of a picture that I took on my phone or that we have on our phone. And so here probably can assume it's a dead, lifeless tree, right? It's in Lubbock, so it's probably not thriving, right? Probably doesn't get enough water. But the point of this is this is the reality for, for many of us. When we are consumed by our emotions, we become fixated on one thing, right? We can't think straight. We can't really see anything else. We are fixated on just a small piece of the picture, right? We're, we're focused on the pixel. And I want you to catch that there's a reason this looks bad. Because when we zoom in on one area of our life, of course it's going to look bad. This picture is fuzzy. It's distorted. It could be a tree. It also could be an alien, right? We're, we're not sure. It's zoomed in. This is a picture I would never post on social media because it looks bad. 
And when we don't have the right perspective, that's all that we can feel. This looks bad. This is not okay. This is how my life is going to be forever. God has forgotten me. I want to show you the next picture. This is what it's like to zoom out. Right? And so that tree was in the far right corner and it is just a small piece of the picture. And this is a really simple concept, but the reality for us is so often we just need to zoom out. Take a step back to see the full perspective, to see the full thing that is going on. But what I want you to see and why this is so hard for us is perspective only comes from pursuing Jesus, right? So the reason that there's a pause here initially in the text is David goes from, I can't think at all to beginning to find a godly perspective, right? Beginning to think in the right way. God, would you restore me? Would you renew me? And so when we feel forgotten, what we need to do is to follow the example of David, that we tell him, God, I need you to show up. God, I need you to answer my prayers. God, would you help me? But I think maybe most importantly, we need to ask for a godly perspective. God, this feels really hard, so would you help me to see this situation as you would see it? God, this is unbearable. I I cannot move on, so would you give me your vision, your perspective, your understanding. Perspective from God doesn't just happen. It comes from us pursuing him, going after him. As believers, we need an eternal perspective, right, to keep living out what God has called us to do. And as you'll move down to verse five, I want you to notice the transition again. Notice there's a pause. Verse five starts, it says, but. David says, despite how I feel, despite the overwhelming emotion, the anxiety that I'm walking through, despite all of this, I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. In other words, God, I know this will not go on forever. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. I think what's really cool about this is this is the first time in the Psalms that it speaks to God being generous or good. And how cool is that that it shows up in a midst when David feels forgotten? That he reminds himself, hey, God is good. Right? The NIV translation says, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. He's been good to me. Third and final thing, we're going to land the plane with this, is when you feel forgotten, focus on the truth. When you feel forgotten, focus on the truth. And so here's the reason I've made a point of these shifts or the paragraph breaks, the pauses there, is we don't know how long it took David to get from verse 1 to verse 5. It could have taken multiple days. It could have taken multiple weeks. And so when we feel forgotten, the reality, the, the pressure that we're going to feel is, God, would you fix this now? Would you change this now? And what David is showing us is it is a process. It, it is going to take time. And it takes time to get from accusing God to finding confidence in God. 
right? But that doesn't happen. Confidence in God does not happen without David wrestling, without David being frustrated, without David telling God exactly how he feels. And so what's interesting here is what doesn't change for David is his circumstances. So far from what we can see in this psalm, his, his circumstances haven't changed. His prayers haven't been answered. He still feels forgotten by God. But what changed for David was his focus. He, he moves from going off of just focusing solely on what is happening to him and moves to focusing on who God is. Right? He's focusing on his faithful love. And this is the power of prayer. Right? You would ask, like, why, why would I pray? God already knows how I'm feeling. Is because you need it. You need time with God, especially when you feel forgotten. This is the power of faith in God and the power of prayer, that we would go to him feeling completely forgotten and hopeless and move to, as David does, to feeling confident. Even though your circumstances haven't changed, is that you would feel confident in the Father. And so how do we focus on the truth? I'll give you kind of three quick things. First is you breathe. You breathe. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Take a breath. Right? Take a step back. Look at the bigger picture. I think about uh, the more and more I prayed about this and thought about it, what comes to my mind is, is a sports illustration, and I'm sorry, that's just how God worked my brain, right? And I think about a, a football team that's down at halftime. They go into the locker room, they're getting destroyed. And so they can do two things in the locker room. They can say, the game's over. Let's put in all the JV, right? There's no hope. We might as well just sit and watch. We're going to get destroyed. Or they can go in the locker room and say the game's not over, right? There's still a chance. There's, there's time on the clock. They can take a moment to breathe. And when we feel forgotten, the way that we focus on the truth is to take a breath, right? It's to slow down. Second thing is to meditate on the promises of God. That as a believer, when you feel forgotten, what do you know to be true? What, what promises of Scripture can you replay in your mind to, to focus on? We know from, from Scripture that God is with me. God is for me. God is not against me. In Romans, it said God is working all things for the good of those that love him. Right? Even Brandon said it, a quote that was pretty powerful last week that basically in the sense of like, when you can't see God working, when you can't see his hand, you can trust his heart. And this is why it's so important that we know what God's word says before the battle happens, right? Before we feel overwhelmed by the emotion that we can remind ourselves the truth. God, what do I know that your word says? And so here's the truth, is that you're never forgotten. God has never given up on you. God gave his entire son, his whole life for you. Right? And so you're never forgotten. When you feel forgotten, it's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from Satan that he is trying to work in your life. But we can only know that when we remind ourselves and meditate on the promises 
of God. Final thing of how we could focus on the truth is we worship even when it's hard. We worship even when it's hard. If you look at verse 5 and 6, this is what David does. is focusing on the truth, reminding himself who he is in Christ, who is God. It moves him to action. Right? He, he worships. He worships God because he knows what is true about God. He, he says, God, I, I'm confident in your love and your deliverance and in your goodness. And so when we feel forgotten, one of the most powerful things you could do is worship. Right? And worshiping, singing songs. We're reminded, as we say just a minute ago, he's the all-sufficient merit. Right? He's, he's working and breathing in our life. There are going to be times when you don't want to worship, when you don't want to sing, but you have to. To remind yourself of the truth of God's word. Even though this is hard, even though this pain is unbearable, God, you are still good. I have so much to be thankful for. I have so much to worship you for. You have given your life for me. I will worship you in the midst of the pain. So in summary, when you feel forgotten, follow the example of Psalm 13. Tell God exactly how you feel. Tell him what you need and focus on the truth. And when you follow what David did here, it's going to grow your relationship with God. That in the midst of you feeling completely forgotten, there's an opportunity for your relationship with God to be strengthened and to grow in him. I'll close with this kind of final thing. If you can remember in the Gospels, there's a moment where Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That can be translated, in other words, my God, my God, why have you forgotten me? Jesus on the cross experienced what it was truly like to be fully forgotten by God so that you would never have to feel that way. So that you could be reminded of the truth. And so Jesus died so that you could have a relationship with God. And I'm going to say that again because we say that often. And if you've been in church a long time, you're going to hear that so much that it kind of just fall on you numb. Jesus died so that you could have a deep and meaningful relationship with God. One where you are honest with him. One where you can go in fully and say, this is exactly how I feel. God, I'm struggling. God, are you doing this? What, what is going on? God, you're hiding your face from me. And some of you, my prayer is this would change for you, but some of you are missing out on a deep relationship with God. You're, you're missing a part of it because you don't feel like you can go to him and be honest with him. And so Jesus died so that you could experience a relationship with God. Not one that is surface level, not one that's dull, not one that, where you can't be honest with him, not a relationship where you only talk to God once a week. Jesus died so that you could experience the most amazing, impactful, deep relationship of your life with the creator of the world, right? He died so that you could have access to him, so that you could talk to him in the midst of that. 
And so here's my encouragement that when you feel forgotten, know that there is a God that cares. Know that there is a God that has given your, his life for you, that you would know that you are never forgotten, that he cares deeply about you. And so I'm going to take a moment to pray for us. Some staff's going to come here at the front like they always do every week. And so maybe you feel so forgotten that what you need is just someone to pray for you. These people here at the front would love to do that. They would love to pray over you. If you don't have the strength to pray for yourself, they would love to do that. But maybe the way that you respond this morning is by going to God and being really open with him. God, this is how I feel. God, I am overwhelmed in these ways. Would you help me? Would you stop hiding your face from me? Would you cry out to him? Maybe the way that you respond this morning is to worship even when it's hard. That you would sing the truth that we're about to sing. That you would remind yourself of the truth of God's word. Let me pray for us and we'll respond to Jesus. God, I pray right now for anyone in this room that feels completely forgotten by you. God, that whatever the circumstances are, whether it's death of a family member, whether it's illness, whatever pain they are walking through, that they don't feel like you are near, that they feel like you have given up on them. God, I know there may be people in the room right now that feel exactly that way, that they're here at church, but they don't feel like they have a relationship with you because of the pain that they've walked in. God, I pray that you would remind them of your love. And I pray that these people would move to cry out to you, to call for you. And God, for others in the room that have not experienced all of the relationship they could have with you, God, I pray that really what would be unlocked for them is a deeper prayer life, a deeper intimacy with you. God, knowing that they can tell you exactly how they feel. God, would you comfort those that feel forgotten right now and for those that feel forgotten in the future. God, we take a moment to worship you in song and pray that you bless this time. In Jesus' name. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. 